Hello. Good evening. Hello. Uh, good evening, everybody, and start, thanks for joining for today's US talk. Uh, so today we have very uh, interesting speaker with us, uh, and uh, so let's start with introduction with him. So I will. Before that, I will start on. Uh, we can start on our topic. So today we have uh, Alexa Balo from Bangalore. He joined. Hi, Alexa. For uh, hi, Tushar. How are you? I'm fine. So things are uh, great at Bangalore. Uh, so today we are talking on uh, disabilities in design. So that is something today is very interesting topic we have. So Alexa is a very senior person. He is a mentor. Uh, you can found him his articles on Medium also, uh, and even on the UX Planet, he has published his articles. He is associated with a lot of uh, uh, with mentoring people across the India and across the globe also. So he is very much experienced in user experience design, and uh, I'm happy uh, that today he has given us valuable time for UX community and. Hopefully today uh, we'll bring something. Uh, Thanks. Uh, so today, uh, today's session will be very insightful for everybody. Uh, people are joining, so we can continue on topic. So before I will hand over to Alexa, just uh, let me have two minutes to talk about UX talk itself. Uh, so UX talk, uh, as many people know, I have I am looking at Delhi. People are joined. They are very uh, many people I see here who are regular uh, UX talk. Uh, they join. Thanks for their time. And uh, UX talk basically intention behind UX talk is uh, to give awareness about UX. And uh, there is a lot of misconception about UX. It is only UX or UI or tools. So I'm trying to bring uh, different different subjects uh, in the user experience so that uh, we should understand what is the potential about UX and uh, where we are going from. Uh, where we are today and in future, where we are going in uh, in our design. Okay, so uh, UX talk we have started in March. Uh, now we have good number of speakers in in november december also we have good uh, topics and good speaker are uh, are coming on on board uh, after december we are planning some physical activities some workshops and uh, i'm happy there are few already uh, our good speakers they have we have started some workshop activity uh, hopefully uh, so intention of ux talk is purpose is just to give uh, in and more awareness about user experience at the subject itself. So I will hand over now, Alpita. You can start uh, on today's topic. But before uh, we start on core topic, uh, I have one request. Uh, you know, so you can start with just giving us your introduction, your little bit of your journey. Because I believe everyone's journey is very inspirational for everyone. So today you are as a mentor. 
So how was your how you started the design career and you know how was how was the entire uh, uh, so that will be have some for participants you know get to learn in that also and definitely then uh, we can start our core topic. Uh, if you have any questions, please participants, I will just request mute your microphone so that speaker will did not get any disturbance and if you have any questions you can use chat option for our uh, zoom you can put a chat uh, in that questions if any questions immediate if you have and once we have complete uh, the presentation and the topic we will definitely try to take some questions so that uh, alpida will answer those questions okay. thanks everybody once again uh, starting uh, for today's evening and uh, so yeah Alpita you can start with your introduction and little bit about your journey and you can I've given you share option and you can start. Yeah okay. Am I audible? Yes. Great option. Thank you Tusha thanks for uh, the nice introduction about me. So I'll quickly share my screen uh, so that I can tell you a bit about myself. Uh, just one sec. Just one sec. Uh, Okay, can you can you see my screen? Yes, you can. Awesome. Just one sec, there's some issue here. Yeah. Okay, uh, so good evening to all of you. I am not sure if anyone is from outside India and if you are from outside India and good morning and good afternoon to all of you. So today's topic is about designing the way for disabilities. Uh, my name is Olip Kriballo. And you know, this is a topic which is very close to my heart. Uh, and I think this topic uh, requires some exposure within the design community. And with that, uh, let me introduce myself. So I am Alipta Mallav. Uh, I am a senior design manager at Sunner. Uh, so Sunner basically is a healthcare IT firm. It is headquartered in Kansas City, US. I live in Bangalore uh, and I'm married. Uh, I have a daughter who is uh, just uh, in the first standard now. So a little bit about my career background. I'm a D school graduate. I started my career way back in 98. Uh, I know those days, uh, 
web designer and web developer graphic designers used to be those popular you know job titles so i'm from that uh, uh, part of the world where you know i used to handle a lot of graphic designing uh, things for my team and then slowly i i started understanding about web development a bit of into coding and then javascripting and all those stuff and then later i moved into uh, you know either experience so i moved to bangalore and these are some of the companies i worked for uh, my first company in bangalore was bipro no before that i was a part of uh, logica cmg for some time and then i moved to harman so all this uh, over the years i've been into multiple uh, i've actually had to wear multiple hats sometimes as a as a designer sometimes as an interaction designer visual designer sometimes also as a design manager and this is the current role i'm playing i'm a senior design manager in sunner and i lead the experience design team at sunner india so that's a brief about me and with that uh, let me also tell you one more thing which i did during this pandemic session is i completed many unfinished project you know uh, as in i never used to find time uh, because i was too busy with my my work at office so uh, what i did during this pandemic is uh, i became a part of several designing communities and i also got the opportunity to mentor some budding designers and these are some of the uh, designing communities i'm i'm a part of at the moment rethinking ux indian design academy umo design think design collaborative and also is tushar at the moment and i've been also uh, mentoring uh, as a designer in some of these uh, hackathons right mit covid challenge and then mit hacking medicine so these are some of the other things i i actually did during this pandemic okay so let me jump over the topic quickly so you know uh, disability is a state of mind so we have to understand what goes in on the mind of a person who faces it right and how he perceives it so i'm going to share a story with you it's not a story it's a it's a fact something which uh, i'm going to talk about my friend so my friend kaushik uh, he lives in kolkata so in the year 2002 uh, on the way back from uh, back home uh, from work uh, he he made up a severe accident and his chances of survival was very less you know he was riding a motorcycle on a flyover and he was hit by a truck from behind and he fell down uh, from that 30 foot flyover directly on the ground and he had severe injuries you know uh, he had spinal cord injury his liver got damaged his his leg leg got damaged multiple injuries and you know he was temporarily disabled he stayed in the hospital for six long months but you know he still fought the battle and he survived today is happily married with a kid so uh, what i'm trying to say here is he either choose to lose the battle or win it right so likewise in the field of life so there are many people with disabilities who have succeeded in their own way isn't it so let's look at some of the quick examples so this is you know indian uh, cricket team 2018 uh, physically challenged indian cricket team they they won the allan border cup uh, making uh, india proud and 
these are some of the quick names i can tell you sudha chandran you know an indian classical dancer she met up with an accident and she lost a leg but she did not lose her hope and uh, she actually uh, got an artificial leg and with that with that artificial leg she was able to continue her journey arunima sinha uh, also met with an unfortunate accident and lost her leg so her leg was amputated and a rod was inserted into the knee to hold the bones together so uh, with a strong will power she decided to climb everest and she actually got succeeded in doing that stephen hawkins a uh, well known personality right in academics uh, he recipient of numerous numerous awards and despite being challenged by a motor neuron disease uh, he was one of the most admired scientists right in physics and you know his famous black hole theory we all know about it so you know sometimes some situations you uh, came, come across in life which really makes you disabled sometimes temporarily and sometimes permanently isn't it okay so much a building my one plus service center kota i feel disabled okay in this situation one plus service center ts so i feel disabled in this situation you know i'm trying to hold a cup i'm trying to hold a bottle in my left hand with a laptop i'm also talking to phone so i'm completely disabled in this situation so uh, there are certain situations where you know you're you're partying a lot of noise around and you cannot hear a phone call and you know situations like this really make you temporarily disabled isn't it and uh, let's say your eyes are dilated at the doctors and you, you have visited the doctor eye doctor and your eyes were dilated and you are you are blindish for a few hours so likewise there are many situations which can make you feel temporarily disabled and i i feel covid 19 is also a situation isn't it so i think uh, digital accessibility become more important than ever before now because uh, many people are relying on digital services for different day to day activities right which include shopping remote working and also you know education my my kid is actually having online education these days uh, also for healthcare banking and multiple other things right so i think uh, if you have accessible design uh, digital system it provides a method to protect uh, people with disability from getting the infection so you don't need to go step out for grocery to pick up the grocery or you don't don't need to step out for to go and get your medicines right or you don't even know to go to the atm to withdraw money so it's all digital but again the systems has to be accessible right so if this digital services or systems are not accessible i mean and you cannot maintain social distancing i think covid 19 will spread rapidly isn't it so uh, i'm not specifically talking about covid 19 here uh, but uh, when it comes to uh, situational disability uh, these are some of the possible accommodations you can probably think of uh, like uh, one situational concern can be let's say you have a poor lighting and the display is very small and you have some functional limitation like blindness so what do you do you probably uh, make the take size or the font size larger right now uh, there can be other stuff right D there's some distractions present and 
you are probably having some cognitive impairment or there are a lot of pop-ups coming on then you can probably have a simplified navigation interface so likewise if we have noisy environment you have heard of hearing you can probably think of having captioning or text equivalent and if you don't have mouse available uh, and uh, your, the functional limitation is your mobility constraints you can probably rely on keyboard right so uh, in this image you can find ux and accessibility both are converging to a point right so let's look at this this is accessibility and this is ux so when it comes to ux and accessibility together i think both overlap and uh, both are actually the vital parts of user experience and i think both should coexist and complement each other right but when it comes to objective measures of ux these are the, some of the things we normally do usability let's say uh, we talk about ease of use right we talk about efficiency effectiveness satisfaction and stuff like that and then you have engagement you can probably talk about google heart framework it's a good way to measure engagement right and also when you talk about conversion uh, there could be like direct visitors uh, search visitors referral visitors and multiple things right you can probably uh, look into the bounce rate exit pages and whether they actually whether the user actually make the purchase right and there are also uh, ways to understand how your system is performing you can probably have sus uh, system usability score you can probably have nps net promoter score you can even have csat customer satisfaction score but don't you think something is missing here yes definitely where is accessibility we don't have accessibility here right and look at some of the facts roughly 1.14 billion people in the globe live with a disability and this this is a fact and the number is huge isn't it so in spite of knowing about the fact i think we ignore accessibility into our design process and you know there are laws which kind of mandates that We have ADA, American Disabilities Act. We have Section 508. We have WCAG. So ADA actually has a larger scope. Uh, uh, they just don't talk about the web, uh, but also has a larger uh, picture of accessibility. And one example could be they're trying to uh, add a Braille buttons in the lift, right? Or or making a Braille watch, or even if you're designing a park, a restroom, or or even a grocery store. So ADA uh, looks in, looks into that. When it comes to Section 508, uh, it is mostly mostly talks about digital information, making your digital information accessible. And when it comes to WCAG, Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, so there is a set of guidelines to make the web accessible. And there are different performance levels, right? You have A, which is like basic accessibility. You have AA, intermediate accessibility, and AAA, advanced. So AAA is something which which you can never achieve. There are a lot of uh, things which cannot be achieved to your point. But normally we we try to achieve AA all the time, right? 
and you also have country specific laws australia have a disability discrimination act new zealand has a government web standards and then india india also have an, an act and guidelines on indian government websites japan has their own uh, guidelines the netherlands and then united kingdom okay so this is a web accessibility law lawsuit file uh, report in the in the federal court i think uh, in uh, 2018 it has increased considerably uh 177% increase over 2017 right and in 2019 there has been decrease of 0.9% because suddenly the design community has started looking into accessibility but i think that is still not considerable in nature you as if as being a designer i think we still have to work a lot towards make our web content or our applications accessible so what is required you know or rather i would say why it is required one in five residents in america are expected to be 65 or older by 2030 really matter of concern right so i think with age also comes a lot of physical disabilities motor disabilities cognitive disabilities and also our own terminator and rocky balboa are getting old too right isn't it so we definitely have to look after them to and we have to make our digital system accessible in nature but how to make it accessible so it's it's very simple you know design web pages in a way or design applications in a way so that users with disabilities doesn't have problems interacting with the page or for your applications so it should give an equal opportunity and access to everyone whether you have disability or whether you do not have disability with that i come to the agenda for today's topic so there are three things i'll be covering today one is how do you fit accessibility into your design process i'll be also talking about disability types and how you design for each of those disability types okay so uh, this is a typical user centered design process uh in the discovery phase we try to understand users what are the different user groups or uh you know goals they have what are the different pain points they have we try to understand the project scope and the timelines the technology stack involved uh, and then also uh while you try to understand the personas and try to understand the functional flow we as a designer also try to come up with a very uh, conceptual flow it's a very high level flow of the application right similarly uh, in the in the design phase we uh, we create low fi sketches and then you try to get an early feedback on the sketches right we do a quick round of testing with our end users and and we also post that uh, testing we whatever feedback we receive from those end users we try to incorporate them and then we try to create a high fi wireframes right and then we kind of iterate and finalize on the on the actual end user flow in the development stage uh we then uh, create spec and pass it to the development team and uh, the developers actually integrate to the system they come up with a lot of challenges they say this is not possible that is not possible to integrate and again you have to very iterate right 
and then you also do an activity audit post development post integration you do an activity audit and post that you also do summative testing which is kind of a benchmark testing and this actually completes the entire user centered design process and this is a very you know high level uh, overview i've given there are multiple steps where you have missed out i'm not getting into that detail but overall i think this gives an enough idea about how the user centered design process actually looks isn't it now uh, i am going to emphasize on what role the ux designer plays in fitting accessibility into the design process and uh, one one of the definite things which you normally do is, is to understand users right so when you try to uh, do the discovery findings these are some of the findings we, we might get in my company I, i always get this this kind of thing so uh, i get to know the end users rely on keyboard they use the screen readers to access content some users are color blindness and some of difficulty in remembering a step and some of some users have difficulty in hearing so uh, what to do in the design stage as ux designer so these are some of the points we normally consider in the design phase of our accessibility considerations right so we create low fi sketches and also high fi sketches while you do that you also try to make sure that these points are covered so consistent identification identification is one of them so i think components uh, that have the same functionality within a set of web pages are identified consistently right uh, then uh, we have consistent navigation and page layout okay uh, error suggestions sometimes sometimes the mandatory field also requires the data to be in specific format but then you have to notify the user that it has to be in specific format you also look after the uh, all uh, the minimum color contrast right ratios you also do, do not convey information only with color Uh, web pages or window should have meaningful titles that describe purposes right and all icons basically have labels except uh, the universal ones like universal icons we like the printing icon is an universal icon so for that you don't need to have labels but for the other ones you need to have labels so these are the things as a designer i should consider in in our design phase now in the development phase what do we do so you also validate so while you do that accessibility audit you also validate as a designer whether my alternate text has has some meaningful alternate text right so these are some of the validations we do uh, whether if skip links are there to bypass content blocks uh, the the link text should describe this purpose without needing to have an additional content for that and also text can be resized to 200% without loss of content or functionality right and also content is accessible via keyboard and screen readers and the last part is taken care by the developers uh, use semantic code and uh, they also use uh, waria to make your uh, javascript or dynamic content accessible right so uh, so this probably completes uh, so uh, so uh, what i what i'm even trying to tell you is how does accessibility fits in the design process and how as a designer what what for the things we need to do uh, in in this entire process so now i'm going to talk about disability types 
and how to design for them. So remember in our discovery phase, uh, we have end users uh, who have motor disabilities and they rely on keyboard. Now, which means that this person have motor impairment. Now, what are different types of motor impairment? So we have spinal cord injury, we have loss of damaged limb, you have arthritis, Parkinson's disease, cerebral palsy, essential tremors. There are multiple others. This is not an exhaustive list again. There could be multiple other in motor impairment types. But as a designer, what you're supposed to do, we have to make sure that any users will be able to access the web page or the, the application what you're designing via keyboard. And that's the bare minimum. So look at this person. She is able to draw using her feet quite nicely. I know she, she must be having a lot of difficulty in her daily life, but she's still able to, you know, fulfill uh, some of his as some of her aspirations, right? So she's, she's drawing with her feet, right? Similarly, look at this person. Um, these two, these two image depicts that uh, one person actually using a mouse stick to press on the keyboard and the other actually using a head stick to press on the keyboard, right? Through, through these mechanisms, they're trying to access information. Um, I mean, it's, it's quite painful and it's quite difficult for them. Now, what do you do as designers? How do you design for motor impairments, right? So as I was telling you, people with motor impairment have difficulty using their hand or they may not be able to hold on the mouse properly. And for that same reason, we have to enable keyboard navigation, right? You have to use, uh, give a logical tab order to all your navigational items. It could be from left to right, top to bottom, or whichever appropriate, right? But also you have to consider while you're using this shortcut keys uh, or uh, whatever tab order or logical shortcut keys are using, that should not also conflict with your assistive device or browser functions because sometimes it conflicts and you should also check uh, whether uh, you're, you can able to skip link uh, to navigate to your content and these users might also be using voice as as a medium of registering input right and also your uh, target has to be larger enough so these are some of the points you need to consider while designing for motor impairments. Now, in the discovery phase, you also have seen that we have end users who use screen readers to access content and also have color blindness, which means that that particular user has visual impairment, right? Now, this is again a quick fact. So it is estimated that 4.5% of the global population experience colorblindness and 4% suffers from low, uh, low vision, right? Now, what are the different types of visual impairments? You have low vision, which means your vision is not that sharp. You have tunnel vision, uh, you have central uh, vision loss. You can also have clouded vision. You can also have color blindness, which means you have difficulty distinguishing between color, red or green, yellow, blue. And sometimes you also have inability to perceive any color, right? And the other one is complete blindness. So you have substantial 
loss of vision in both eyes right and uh, this is an example of low vision so when you have central vision loss this is how you see a thing so it, you kind of see a dot in, in the in your central vision and you this is a peripheral vision loss so all your surroundings are kind of blacked out and you can really see the content through, through your central vision and this is a crowded vision which, which is kind of little blurred you cannot see much now this is also uh, this this example it talks about color blindness so this is a normal vision right you can see all the colors but if you have a red and green color blindness you call it deuteranopia you can have uh, you can only uh, you cannot see red and green color but other colors are visible to you similarly you can have protanopia which means you have reduced sensitivity to red light look at this image there is no red light here it's only blue yellow and green right and then you have pretanopia which means you have blue or yellow color blindness so you cannot see yellow here at all it's all reddish and some kind of bluish texture is there so these are different types of color blindness people might have and as a designer you have to look into all of this while you use choose your colors in your in your design okay uh, can you, can someone try out this uh, are you color blind this is a quick test anybody wants to volunteer for this can you see what is written anyone hello yep yes i can see it yep so it's 7 then 42 then 74 then 10 then 2 Awesome man, you are you are you are not a color blind in that case, so you don't need to go to the doctor. <laughs> nice, thank you so much for that. Thanks for volunteering. Great. You're welcome, sir. Okay, so and and this is low. Uh, this is zero vision, like this all blacked out, so uh, you you can't see anything. So, but how do you design for visual impairment? So there are different uh, ways to do it. So. And because because these visual impairment users, they mostly rely on screen readers. uh these are some of the points you need to consider you have to write uh, descriptive alternate text descriptive page titles and headers and you also also make sure that you should not simply rely on color to convey information right uh, the text is fully readable at 200% of its original size and also you need to maintain a color contrast ratio of 4 to 5 4.5 is to 1 for normal text And three is to one for larger text, and also content should be clear and precise, and uh, provide notification and to dynamic update the content. Again, I'm saying these are not a very exhaustive list in nature, but these are some of the points you can really consider. While uh, and again, this this is bare minimum. So there are a lot of other things you probably have to do. Now, this is a bare minimum you have to do while you design for visual impairment because these impa visual impairment users are normally rely on screen readers. or braille keyboard to access content right okay so um, now as i was talking about alternate text right how how best could you describe this image can someone volunteer for this again 
Anyone? No? Okay, I think the recommended, so I think uh, even if uh, you write image of a dog, it would pass the accessibility audit, right? But again, uh, that does not, that, that alternate text is not very descriptive in nature, right? Now, if you, if you say something like this, a dog wrapped inside a blanket and sitting on a carpet, this probably might give you some context to that image, right? And users might create a mental map in their mind. Okay, this is an image I'm looking at. Uh, though I'm not looking at it visually, but yes, this is something uh, I'm, I'm really observing at, at this point of time, right? Similarly, this is also dangerous, like as I was telling you in the earlier example, that example of color only to conveying error information. So I see only colors. So probably users who have, uh, who cannot use red as a color, they'll not be able to understand okay, there are some errors which have committed in this form, right? So this is a dangerous thing to do. And this is not at all recommended. And that's why as a global standard, you always use asterisk while you notify users from any kind of error messages, right? Okay, so coming back to the next uh, disability type. Again, uh, we have discovered that we have end users who have difficulty in remembering a step, right? And definitely the user might be having cognitive impairment. Now I'll tell you one quick thing. Now what happens to me when it comes to cognitive impairment? You know, uh, last week uh, I was preparing a presentation uh, for the leadership team. I was trying to recall this word attrition, <laughs> but you know, I struggled almost for the entire day. And uh, also sometimes my wife tells me to buy five uh, items from the grocery store. And I come back buying only three items. And it goes without saying that, you know, my wife's yell at me and I probably suffer from mild cognitive impairment. I'm not sure, I've not gone to the doctor, but it looks like I, I do have. And you know, uh, this happens to me when I forget those grocery items. <laughs> okay, so coming to cognitive impairment types, Somebody is firing crackers. There's some sound pollution happening here. Please bear with me. Maybe somebody is celebrating his birthday. I'm sorry for that. Anyway, so coming back to the topic, uh, cognitive impairment types. Uh, we have attention deficit disorder, uh, which involves uh, difficulty on focusing on a single task. Uh, there's, there's also a learning disability. Uh, it, it probably, uh, I'm unable to learn a particular interaction type, right? So cognitive disability comes with, uh, grows with age, right? And then uh, we probably have a lot of obstacles to learning memory. Your memory becomes weak when you, when you grow older and you, you have attention shifts uh, from one thing to another. So, uh, you also have memory impairments, as I mentioned here, uh, which involve uh, limited short-term memory, uh, long-term memory, and uh, you probably cannot recall anything at, at a certain point of time. You, you probably cannot remember the password. Now, uh, this is one point, I think, uh, where both usability and accessibility actually converge, right? 
and you have to accommodate memory deficits attention deficits uh, visual comprehension deficits right so you know our own harry potter uh, daniel radcliffe was having dyspraxia so he was having difficulty tying his shoes or writing a thank you note so probably if you don't know this is an information i i am sharing with you and uh, so this one user emily uh, finds it difficult to focus on task particularly when a website has multiple pop up windows right so emily has attention shifts uh, and she doesn't know which one to go for now what do you do uh, so, uh, as a designer what are different things you should consider while designing for cognitive impairments and these are some of the things so navigation is one of them so uh, you need to have a standard and consistent navigation uh, the you need to have a proper labeling of information like the button label sometimes you have yes or no sometimes you have save or cancel so it has to be considered like every application right so you can probably use breadcrumbs for for navigate navigation and probably side maps when it comes to layout uh, remove redundant elements and make use of white space Reduce the, reduce the clutter at as much as possible. Highlight the most info, important information upfront, and also use high and uh, high contrast uh, colors. Right. When it comes to content and text, use plain language. Uh, you probably can chunk the materials. Uh, so use can probably use bulleted list, and you can use meaningful headings. When it comes to functionality. Uh, Uh, built on existing user knowledge this is very important because users comes to the knowledge when they interact with software and they expect that this particular software with their interacting with also work with the same way and this is actually cause users mental model so uh, you have to also optimize the search facilities because this is one very prominent navigation people actually uh, interact with uh, with your with your application and uh, also uh, provide definitions and explanations of unusual or technical terms right when it comes to multimedia uh, i think you should present information in multiple modes uh, like you can have video you can have audio you can have textual information uh, use graphics and uh, recognizable icons as i'm telling you so if, if you are using icons so which are not universal in nature always add labels to that and also use very familiar familiar imagery so that it can uh, aid memory retention so these are some of the points again these are not very exhaustive in nature uh, but some of the points which, which i think are very important for you design for cognitive impairments and also here are end users who have difficulty in hearing right and we have auditory impairment so when it comes to auditory impairment uh, people have hard of hearing they have mild or moderate hearing impairments in both the ears uh, they can have substantial uncorrectable impairment of hearing in uh, both the ears sometimes they have they are deaf uh, they are also sometimes deaf and blind right now what do you, what do you do as a designer in, in this so auditory impairment actually relies on sign languages right so there are two uh, global standards here uh, we have british sign language bsl and we have american sign languages called 
ASL, which serves as a predominant uh, way of communication in this within these deaf communities. And this is an example of a sign language. So a person who is completely deaf, uh, these are some of the sign languages can probably use. Okay, so each phone of represents an alphabet. And we also have something like this. So how do you say who, how do you say what? And again, this is not exhaustive. These are some of the ways uh, to interact with the person. For a, so for a person who is completely deaf, these are some of the sign languages they use, right? Now let's look at a small uh, video. There's no audio here, so don't worry guys. So I, I don't think you're able to understand anything, any bit of it, right? But people who are uh, belonging to the deaf community, they'll probably understand this. And so until you have subtitles, you, you, cannot, you cannot understand, right? Great. So, you know, uh, I was just watching a Netflix series sometime back. Uh, it was a Chinese web series and luckily it has got subtitles. So subtitles are very important, right? So how to design for auditory impairments? It's quite simple. Uh, you can probably use, as I was mentioning in the video, uh, you have to use captions, use simple language so that it is easy for me to understand. Uh, I can pretty easily navigate that. And also you can probably use multiple interaction at times. You can probably use gestures and multiple other things. Okay, so can you remember this? Uh, I mean, this seems like someone is saying this is awesome, but uh, according to the uh, deaf communities, this denotes F. Great, I think, uh, yeah, that's about it. I think uh, I'm in the uh, final uh, few slides are left for today's presentation, uh, my final thoughts are, uh, again, WAVE is a very promising medium, medium uh, and it can solve many problems for all of us, especially for a person with disability. Uh, I think uh, as a designer, we think uh, that there's still a lot of work to be done there. I can still see people with disabilities are having accessibility, are having difficulty accessing web page on or an application. And you know, um, also these days, especially in, during the pandemic, uh, we are very much dependent on web to perform a lot of tasks. Uh, some daily tasks like paying bills, checking bank balance, all those ordering groceries, money transfer, and, and even for entertainment, right? So I think uh, there are laws which can mandate that. But I think as a designer also, we need to strictly adhere to, to the guidance and uh, make our design inclusive in nature. So with that, I think, uh, Paul Bog as rightly said, accessibility is not about designing for the few, it is designing for us all, right? With that, I'm saying thank you. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Over to Tushar. Yeah, thank <clears throat> Sorry. So yeah, thanks, it's very insightful and I'm sure many designers got, uh, at least they get a sense about what is the very importance of a disability studies or accessibility in the 
their their design even when we design any product or when we design any uh, website or application so we have to do that user research so for that you know what are things uh, we can take care about these uh, you know community where we can use equal access because in design principle we talk about equity and flexibility so that equal access so that like you know as i am a good healthy person so i am using any application the same way we try to give same chance you know so fair chance for other people who are unfortunate so with some disability so let's take few questions here uh, sure. i think uh, i think we have a couple of questions here so i think lekki if i pronounce correct so so how we can make things virtual reality systems accessible to user with disabilities and what kind of issues the designer and developers will face okay uh, when it comes to virtuality i frankly don't have much knowledge on that domain because i have not explored it uh, very very much in that domain but my my uh, focus has been mostly into you know uh, web web applications and desktop based applications so when it comes to virtual reality i uh, i hope that the, the standards are same uh, but i am not sure whether there is any specific guidelines or uh, you know uh, some kind of principles which we normally consider while designing for these kind of users uh, because uh, you know let's say let's say motor disability disability uh, person he or she may not have if he is look uh, getting into a virtual reality system he or may not be having a difficulty in grasping that uh, you know uh, that thing but uh, i'm not sure on this basically so i have to probably find an answer to this uh, because i have not really worked on this space uh, i need mean, not explore this space sure correct uh, i think we have a question from nitin So is, in, mm-hmm. is there any research going on on sign languages to speech or text conversion apps? So maybe he is asking, like sign language, we can some way we can convert into a, some some communicable uh, sign or language. Yeah, I think definitely that that's a good uh, you know uh, point here. I think sign languages if you can. i think i've read one paper i don't remember it sometime back i think uh, sign language definitely they try to translate it into some kind of an interaction uh, so if you are using a sign query that can i think that was happening probably in zoom uh, there's one maybe google uh, researcher sometime i was watching a video where they're saying that if 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 i if i say this i mean that means i'm saying wait for the moment or if i'm saying uh, this i mean i'm okay i i can hear you so i'm seeing uh, whenever my kid actually uh, you know uses his uh, use zoom for an online uh, online training uh, see normally uses the sign languages to make a teacher understand okay i i'm i can am able to see your screen right and and then she said okay i'm i want to go to the toilet <laughs> so all those sign languages probably definitely uh, uh is you know becoming more popular day by day because of this virtual world but i am not uh, there is definitely research going on there and hopefully something might come up uh, you know as a, as a as a guideline in, in the future in the near future right. 
So definitely, people are maybe researching. Right, right. And I think there is a lot of opportunity for uh, young designers. If there is nothing, so they can enter and they can bring something uh, for the community. So correct, have, correct. from Aman, it is his asking, what if person is having two or multiple disabilities? Sorry, what is? Uh, if person is having two or uh, multiple, uh, two or you know, many disabilities, that person. Mm -hmm. Not only one type, maybe or two, three types together. So in what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so there can be a combination, right? One might have motor disability and plus uh, he might also have a visual disability. And then what do you do at this moment, right? So when it comes to motor disability, we normally rely on keyboard, right? To make the content accessible. But again, if the same person might have visual disability, he might also need to have, uh, uh, you know, rely on the screen reader completely. So the, the combination of this two might work out for him well. Uh, when you're designing applications for them. I'm not sure whether this answers this question, but uh, you know, this is probably an outlier where, so we normally, uh, we do check, okay, these are the different disability types and what are the accommodations available for these disability types. But you know, uh, sometimes if a user has multiple disabilities, if, uh, as I said, blindness and motor, maybe, uh, there could be other ways to you know make the content uh, make the content access accessible for for him right yeah so maybe uh, we have to find out more solutions correct correct exactly right right exactly but good questions thank you so much these um, are actually food for thoughts yes definitely uh, so nitu has some uh, has she is asking any online resource available to get more information I think Nitu, uh, you can follow uh, Alipta or me or on this talk. He definitely will post something on LinkedIn, so you can you can get resources there. Uh, so Sanchita has as a question: as a UX designer, keeping in mind the inclusion of a design in a healthcare, uh, we need to consider all the disabilities like cognitive, motor impairment. Uh, if yes, then where and how to start in design? Is there any priority? Okay, this is a good question. So, um, so uh, Sanchita, I actually come from a healthcare background and I can probably answer this question for you. So basically, as I was telling you, this is the whatever uh, design process I've showed you here in my slides. So that is exactly follow in, in Sunar because uh, you know, Sunner actually uh, works for uh, US government. And, uh, you know, uh, we have to make our applications mandated uh, for all disability types, meaning we have to make our application accessible nature so that it covers all the set of users. It's not just one disability, like cognitive, as I mentioned, cognitive, visual, motor, then auditory, and stuff like that. So the thing is, there's nothing as I'm, I'm taking priority of one disability over the other. So while we are designing, we are considering all the principles and all the design uh, you know, guidelines to make our content accessible. Okay. So we are not like uh, giving importance to one particular disability and then uh, you know, uh, 
giving preference to one disability type and not giving preference to the other. So that's not the case. So this is something we normally follow as a process. And uh, before releasing our applications, we normally do a, a very stringent check whether it has passed all the accessibility audits. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. Because you cannot give that priority for, so that will correct, be correct, yes. for one uh, disability. So here Francisco is asking again, uh, one interesting question. Uh, would you recommend that we focus on meeting all the recommendations for a single disability class? or that we can make a basic adjustment to all of them. So again, I think similar lines, the question is. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this is a good question. So the thing is, you know, as I was mentioning, WCAG has different uh, conformance levels, right? You have level A, level AA, level AAA. Now, if we, you cannot achieve level AAA because if you try to achieve that, that, that application will probably look like a document. It's a Word document for you. I mean, you cannot get into that extent. But you have probably have to understand what is possible for you and what are the guidelines you want to cover uh, for your your application or for your uh, you know products. So I think keeping that in mind, you can uh, probably uh, pick up whatever is necessary for your user groups. So I think that really answers. Uh, I hope that answers your question, right? Right. I think. Okay, anyone have some questions? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Alita, I have one, one more question for you from my Yeah, side. sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, now, see, as, as you said correctly, the disability is again uh, a you know, core subject, or you like on work on that subject. Similarly, mm -hmm. in my case also, I'm very much, uh, you know, for every product I ask customer, you know, many times uh, we as a company or as a <clears throat> product developer or a designer at one point we want to use uh, these norms to be in our design or product but what if if you know our client and because see people particularly in indian community or indian this subcontinent we have you know client mindset they are not even ready to you know they negotiate for your normal design development and when you ask them you know mm -hmm. we have to do something extra then there is a big question come about, okay, this will cost for me. Okay. And then how much you spend time, you know, so doing user research and everything that is definitely a, uh, know, how you find out disability then. But how could you find this problem with dealing with customers too? Because they have to understand first, because their product should be have this kind of a facilities for this special, uh, you know, audience or end users. So, what is your take on this particular? Yeah, that's what I uh, th thank you, Tushar. This is a, this is a good point. So that's why I started my presentation by saying that this is one area which requires a lot of attention, right? And 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 uh, we designers, not just we designers, I would say, because I would say stakeholders who normally give us the project or who develop these pro products, so they normally ignore this piece. Accessibility is still is mostly an ignored piece in the entire design process. Now, there could be multiple uh, pro, you know, constraints. There could be issues with budget, or there could be uh, issues like where they said, okay, we don't have any users who would be actually using application. We don't have any disabled users who are really using them. But the thing is, 
the law mandates that every public facing application according to american disability act it mandates that every public facing application should be accessible compliant now and there have been cases like uh, you know uh, uh, i think uh, uh, there are different federal lawsuits happen over the past where people are unable to access content and they are they filed that they won the case so i think the basic accessibility should be considered right like what the basic accessibility should be like if you can access your content via keyboard or if you can at least make your content uh, you know uh, color contrast ratios has to be checked properly or maybe you can make your content accessible by a by a screen reader right so the, i think these basic things should be met but as i said again there's a lot to be done in this field designers right. are really ignoring i've seen in my experiences where uh, designers hardly consider accessibility compliance they just create the code and they publish it but that should not be the case so i think tushar the thing is we as a design community we should step up and make this uh, as a standard right 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 i think uh, that is that what actually we are in future we can work together in many things as a design community right? so correct, it is not correct. About, uh, i think to give a consideration for disabilities it should not be like we are doing something extra so it should be our part of a process itself right? correct correct exactly it, it, customer should not tell us you know you do this 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 thing okay that is our part of a job so whenever you design whenever you do research you have to follow this norm absolutely if client is not agree on that then this our job our sales team job our project manager they have to step up here and they they try to convince them i think correct, great correct. great sessions and, and hopefully uh, i think audience have found out lot of things uh, no uh, from and maybe in from next like from tomorrow onwards even, even if they think even if they start their photoshop or even if they start html so as you correctly said they have to you know cement a simple alt text okay so i think your content writer is your best friend always i always said as a ux designer your content writer instead of putting just simple labels okay you can if you don't have a language if you have a language problem then basically you can discuss with your team and you can so once again thanks and uh, uh thanks for this time and hopefully uh, again and everybody thanks for this so we have a next ux talk on 15 so this is by david fresher he is from germany and he is talking on how on user engagement basically from a business point of view uh so thanks once again uh, do keep in touch to watch to follow me in alitha on linkedin for because I have seen read uh, Alitha's articles on Medium and US Planet, so please watch, please follow, and maybe I think definitely you will get more uh, information from this. And hopefully we are working on some other engagements also. So kind of a workshop we'll see and we'll post soon, uh, so that we get more insight on various US subjects. Okay, thanks once again and. Uh, Good night. Good morning. And yeah, thank, thank you, everyone. Salut, sir. This is nice. Thank you, everyone.